Hello, and welcome back to the Entertainment Inquisition. I'm really glad you're listening today, and thank you for your support. I honestly will keep doing these podcasts even if I'm the only one who listens to them, but it's nice to think that someone else listens too. I'm very excited about today's episode. This is another one of those movies that I grew up watching, but I have to say, it has stood the test of time. I still really enjoy watching it now. It has an all-star cast and a killer soundtrack. Without further ado, let's jump into talking about the animated classic, The Prince of Egypt. So here's kind of how this episode is going to go. Pretty much the whole thing is just going to be me describing the movie and checking the biblical accuracy as we go. I'm going to give a little bit of background before we start. Basically, the Egyptians are slaves in Egypt at the beginning of the movie. How did they get there? Well, this guy named Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers because they were jealous that their dad liked him more. Joseph goes to Egypt, he interprets the pharaoh's dreams, and then prepares the whole country for an intense famine. His brothers actually end up coming to Egypt to buy grain, and Joseph reveals that he is still alive and invites them to come to Egypt after he forgives them for what they did. Flash forward, the Hebrews who are slaves are the descendants of Joseph and his brothers, and the current pharaoh does not know the story of Joseph or chooses to forget. So that brings us to the beginning of The Prince of Egypt. This whole movie is supposed to be an adaptation of the Exodus story, where the Israelites leave, or exit, from Egypt. One disclaimer, this movie was created for children, so if there is inaccuracy because the actual topics or events of the Bible would have been too much for kids, I'm going to cut the movie a little bit of slack. First off, we are given an amazing song from Hans Zimmer, the same guy who made the music for The Lion King, Gladiator, and Pirates of the Caribbean 2. Deliver Us is an emotional roller coaster. We see the extent of slavery in Egypt and a mother who puts her child in a basket on the Nile. He mysteriously is deposited at Pharaoh's palace and the queen takes him in. First, there is no way that Moses would have survived that river adventure in the movie. Second, the actual story in the Bible is a lot less intense. Moses is placed in the basket near where Pharaoh's daughter would have taken her bath. She found the basket and had pity on the baby Moses' sister was asked by Pharaoh's daughter to find someone from the village of slaves to nurse the baby. So, of course, they picked Moses' actual mom, and she got to raise Moses before sending him back to the palace. That's really cute. Aw. Real quick, I'm taking a class on ancient Egypt right now, and we learned that the reason Ramesses, as a little kid, had the shaved head and side ponytail was because lice was a really bad problem in ancient Egypt. I'm glad they made sure that they got that detail completely right in the movie. Moving on, Moses is suddenly all grown up. There isn't anything in the Bible about Moses being a prankster and racing chariots around with his brother. However, I kind of like the story of Moses being friends with his brother and goofing around. Another note, there probably would have been a lot more children and wives of Pharaoh than the movie shows, but Ramesses, as the oldest, would have had a lot of pressure to carry on the dynasty and produce a new heir. Moses convinces the pharaoh that Ramesses should be given opportunities for more responsibility, so he is named Prince Regent, which means that he would be ruling side by side with his father after that point. In the movie, he is offered the Midian girl, but he gives her to Moses. In the Bible, that is not backed up at all. Moses did not meet Zipporah until he flees to Midian. And why did he flee to Midian? Oh yeah, Moses had this terrible dream, which in reality was truth. According to the book of Exodus, Pharaoh ordered all the midwives of the Hebrew women to kill all the male babies at birth before their mothers knew. But the midwives were super sneaky and awesome, 
and said that they couldn't do it because the Hebrew women gave birth too fast. So Pharaoh took it a step further and ordered that all the boys be thrown into the Nile and killed. That's why Moses' mom was trying to save him at the beginning of the movie. Moses realizes that he is one of the Hebrews and starts to notice the oppression of his people. In the movie, he accidentally kills an Egyptian who was beating a Hebrew slave. In reality, Moses intentionally killed an Egyptian because he saw him beating a slave. Moses thought that no one saw him, but some Hebrews told him that they noticed and he realized he had to flee Egypt. His brother did not try to defend him like in the movie. When Moses gets to Midian, he does help the daughters of the high priest and then is given Zipporah to be his wife. The movie doesn't show it, but she gives birth to a son that they name Gershom. Quick side tangent. VeggieTales has an episode called Mo and the Big Exit, which is all about Moses and the Exodus, but it is set as a western. Either way, Mo is played by Larry the Cucumber and his son is named Gherkin, which is like Gershom, but also baby cucumbers are gherkins. I just think it's kind of funny. The next part where Moses goes to the mountain is pretty accurate to the biblical account. God appears to Moses in the burning bush, which is not consumed by the flame. He tells Moses that he knows of his people's oppression in Egypt, and he wants Moses to go and help free them. Moses is hesitant to go, both in the movie and in the Bible. However, something the movie leaves out is that Moses had a speech impediment, which is why he was afraid of speaking for the people of Israel. In Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 11, Moses says, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, either heretofore or since thou hast spoken to thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. God responds that he made the human mouth and knows what he is asking of Moses. But to comfort him, God promises that Moses' brother Aaron will help him with his speaking. After receiving permission from the high priest of Midian, Moses, Zipporah, and their family leave for Egypt. They meet Aaron along the way and they finally reach Egypt. I really didn't like that they made Aaron kind of a stick in the mud in the movie because he was actually a huge help to Moses in the Bible. Pharaoh and Moses don't seem to have much of a relationship prior to Moses asking to let the Hebrew people go in the Bible, but we see the return of their brotherly relationship in the movie. It was very cool to see that he had to disagree and bring disaster to someone that he cared about and how hard that was for Moses in the movie. While it was an artistic liberty taken, I think the theme is a good one for audiences to learn. In both the Bible and the movie, Moses cast down his staff, which turns into a snake for the people of Egypt to see, and Pharaoh's sorcerers do the same, while Moses' snake ends up actually eating theirs. I love the song that Steve Martin and Martin Short sing in the movie. It is such a fun song, and it actually depicts a lot of the Egyptian gods that would have been main contenders against the Hebrew god for power. Now, what I'm going to do next is I'm going to give a quick overview of the movie's depiction of the Ten Plagues, and then I'll go back and do an overview of the Bible's Ten Plagues. In The Prince of Egypt, Moses asks for the Hebrew people to be let go forever. Remesis says no and doubles their workload. People are really mad, and then Moses turns the Nile into blood. There's a very cool montage of all the plagues, including frogs, bugs, dead cows, flies, fire raining from the sky, sand, locusts, and darkness. The Hebrew village was protected from the plagues, and Ramesses continually says no to letting the people go. Finally, the worst of the plagues arrives, the angel of death. The Hebrew people are commanded to practice the first Passover and place the blood of the lamb on their doorpost so that they would be passed over. Get it? Passover, passed over. Either way. 
All the firstborn sons are killed in Egypt, and a great cry arises from the people. Pharaoh finally gives them permission to leave. They all pack up, and they are ready to go. Now, the biblical story is pretty similar, but has some differences. First off, Moses initially just asks for all the Hebrew people to go and offer sacrifice to God in the forest and come back. Pharaoh says no, and he doubles their workload. Moses turned the Nile into blood, and it killed all the fish. I'm sure it smelled horrible, too. But since his sorcerers could replicate it, Pharaoh did not let the Hebrews go. God told Moses that he would harden Pharaoh's heart to letting the Hebrews go, so that eventually he would let them go forever. Then the plagues came as followed. Frogs, gnats, flies, the cattle all died, boils covered their skin, there was heavy hail, locusts, darkness, and then finally the angel of death. Pharaoh actually begs Moses and says that he would let them go offer sacrifice if he took the plagues away, but he would always change his mind after the plagues were gone. The sorcerers were not able to replicate any of the plagues after the gnats, so they told Pharaoh it must be the Hebrew God, but he still wouldn't let them go. The hail was so heavy it was like fire raining on earth, and the darkness was so dark that the Egyptians couldn't move or do anything for days. When the time came for the Passover, the Israelites were commanded to kill a lamb without blemish, place the blood on the doorposts, and eat the lamb with their family that night. They were supposed to eat dressed for travel because God knew that the Pharaoh would let them go after this last plague. The angel of death came and a great cry arose from Egypt, for not one house did not have someone who died. Pharaoh let them go and they left with great haste. 600,000 men left from Egypt with their wives and children. When they left, they took the bones of Joseph with them, which would later be added to the Ark of the Covenant. They thought that they would be free, but both the movie and the Bible are not yet finished with the story. Pharaoh comes after them in both accounts, and Moses splits the Red Sea so that they can pass through, and Pharaoh's army is consumed by the sea. The movie ends with Moses coming down from the mountain with two stone tablets, the Ten Commandments. Wow, so a lot happened in the Exodus story. I think the movie did a pretty good job showing the events of the Exodus. One thing that makes the movie different from the Bible is the intention of the story. The Exodus story focuses on the Israelite people and their escape from slavery while Moses is a central character, but the Prince of Egypt focuses on Moses and his coming-of-age story. Despite this slight difference, I think the movie is still an excellent example of the Bible in movie format. Well, that's all I have for this episode. I love The Prince of Egypt, and I think that it would be a great movie for any age to watch, not just kids. Thank you for listening today, and I will see you again soon on the Entertainment Inquisition.